everybody, welcome back. Hello, hello. I'm Kristen. I'm Mandy. And today we're here with Katie LeBay. Yay! <laughs> so you have your mom, you have your brother, yeah, and your dad. <clears throat> so you grew up here in Emmaus. Yeah. And went to Emmaus High School. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So take us to um, you are here. We asked you to come on here to talk about your dad. Mm-hmm. And so take us like through that story wherever you want to start as a baby, kid, whatever, until yeah. mm-hmm. um, your experience with your dad occurred, which was in high school, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. So I, um, like I said, I grew up in a Christian home. So I would say it was around middle school that I finally like started making my faith my own, which I'm so thankful for. Um, having those few years of like really solidifying the fact that I want to believe this for my own, not just because my parents raised me this way. Um, and so that was when I kind of started diving into the Bible more. And, um, I had a great community and youth group in middle school and high school. And then, um, when I went to high school, actually the, as a group, like the youth group, I feel like we experienced like a few losses back back to back it felt like all within a few months of each other like Mm -hmm. we lost um a youth leader like died of a heart attack while training for a marathon and like his wife was also a youth leader his daughter was a year older than me so like very involved in youth Mm -hmm. group and then a couple months later um one of the girls in our youth group uh passed away due to cancer and she was someone that we had been like praying for for months Mm -hmm. and um so it was like all these losses and then a few months later um, in January of 2012, my dad committed suicide out of nowhere, like total shock to my family, mm-hmm. totally out of the blue, didn't see it coming. Um, and I'm so thankful that I had that time of making my faith my own because that's like, people ask me still, like, how did you get through that? And my only answer is God and, mm-hmm. um, my faith in Jesus. So yeah, it was a crazy whirlwind of a time but it was also like the closest I've ever felt with the Lord and Mm -hmm. probably will ever feel until I go through another huge tragedy um but I learned a lot learned a lot about myself learned a lot about grief learned a lot about how people around you handle your grief Mm um and yeah do you want to take us through the the journey of it all it was sudden and yeah like, what was your dad like? Yeah, so growing up, I always knew he had depression and struggled with depression, but it was, like, as normal to me as the fact that it, he, like, his head was bald. Like, it was just, like, <laughs> dad's bald, he has ADD, and he struggles with depression. It was, like, that's just, dad, <laughs> right. that's just who dad is. Um, looking back, it's, like, so obvious that his depression got worse and worse throughout the years, but when you're watching that as a kid play out on a day-to-day basis, it's just like, just seemed normal, not Mm -hmm. something that would catch your attention, I guess. Um, So I think that's why it was such a shock. But now looking back, like it's very obvious, like Mm. um, we have, you can see even just like we have way less photos of him later in his life. He Mm. didn't really want to be in photos. He was always taking the photos. Um, So a lot of my pictures of him are like when I was really little um, he had less and less community, I feel like, around him, less close friends. Um, we had, like, company come over way less as the years went on. 
And again, all of that was just like normal. Mm-hmm. It just, I wasn't really noticing it in real time. But looking back, it's like so obvious that he was like really isolating himself and really struggling with this depression. And like, I, I truly believe he felt like we were better off without him, which mm-hmm. is crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, but we were also just, I think, going through like, we've never been in like a, a huge financial crisis or anything, but I remember money being tight around that time too. And I think he just felt a lot of like, he wasn't able to provide for his family the way he wanted to. Like everything was his fault and everything was a burden on him. And so mm-hmm. he just really, I think, felt like we would do better off without him. Mm-hmm. I think also he had like, um, he took a bunch of different medication for like his ADD. He had really bad ADD, which I do too. Fun fact, it's a lot of fun. Um, <laughs> but he took medication for ADD and depression and he would like try different medications. He would like forget if he took it already and he'd take a double dose by accident. Mm-hmm. Like he would always mix up his medications. And so um, we think that that played into it a lot too. Cause mm-hmm. I mean, even most depression medications have side effects of like suicidal thoughts and stuff. Mm-hmm. So I think just the combination of switching up med- medications, accidentally taking double dose or like forgetting to take them all together, mm-hmm. like that can really mess with you Absolutely. over years. Absolutely. Um, and so we think that that really played a big part in his mental health too. How is it to talk about this years later? Because I know I, you share a lot about it. Not mm-hmm. a lot, but you share more about it than I think most people would. Mm-hmm. Um, and you have an openness about it, which I really appreciate. So how is, is talking about it, like, does it have a pain? Does it have a dull ache? Does it, is there still, you know, days where yeah. you're actively grieving? You know, how is that process currently? Yeah, I would say... Um, Currently, I, I always am open to talking about these things and I, I, actually, I enjoy talking about them and I think it actually helps me talk mm. about my dad. Like when I'm, if I'm around like people that are really close to me that like never ask about this or never talk about my dad, like I understand why because they don't like, they don't want to bring that up. It might mm. be uncomfortable, but there's something about like being able to talk about it that mm. like helps like keep the memory of him alive and like people recognize that he was a real person and like I don't know there's something about not being able to talk about it that's Mm -hmm. like almost more hurtful to me everyone's different Mm -hmm. but to me there's something more hurtful about like never being able to talk about him Mm -hmm. um, versus being able to talk about him like he was a real person because he was and there's still real memories with him and Mm -hmm. um, but I do think I've noticed like a shift where I would say in high school and college, I was like super open about it, like would talk about it with anyone, loved talking about it and sharing my story. And now I'm noticing like, I still love to talk about it, but I'm noticing like it affects me later. Like probably later this week, I will notice I'm getting really angry or Mm. upset about stupid things, like forgot to take the trash out or something. And all of a sudden I'm crying about that. Mm -hmm. Like that's when I realized, oh wait, there's grief underneath that that's kind of been there in this like mm-hmm. hidden layer all week and it hasn't come out mm-hmm. um and that it could be like because I talked about him it could be I heard a song that reminded me of him that like days later I'll be like why am I this upset about mm-hmm. forgetting to take the trash out and then I realize oh yeah that song came on like a week ago or mm-hmm. you know and so Interesting. That's been a shift. That wasn't something, maybe that was happening in college and I just didn't notice it, but mm. 
that's something I've definitely, and I think Jake has helped me notice that too, because he'll be like, what are you really upset about mm -hmm. right now? That's super helpful. Very helpful. In the moment, it's really hard to say, this is why I'm mad. Yeah. It's like, wait, that's, that's the first yeah. question that I always get is, are you hungry? Yes. <laughs> that can Probably always anger. the answer. Yes. <laughs> yes. I'm hangry. I'm going to yes. make some food and then we'll talk. Yes. Um, but being able to have someone outside of it that says, I see a little bit of difference in you. Plus mm -hmm. in college, the, I, you know, most of us in college were very much less aware of our own emotional capacity. Yeah. So yeah, that's, that's an interesting thought of wondering whether I'm, or not that happened. Yeah, yeah, I'm thinking too, you were away, but mm -hmm. now you're home, so you're mm -hmm. around it. Your mom yeah. still is in the house you grew up in, mm -hmm. right? And yeah. so you're like, you're there, you're at the church, you're mm -hmm. living in the yeah. area where all this happened. So that's going to play a different role than when you were away at college. You could just say this was my life because it's behind you. It's, it's yeah. not there in front of you all the time. Mm -hmm. Maybe that. Yeah. It's interesting. Oh. A lot of unconscious lot of triggers around, I'm things. sure. Yeah. yeah, and it's time. That's been 10 years now, right? Yeah. And how old were you when when that happened? Oh, yeah, I forgot to say that. I was 16. So oh. I had just turned 16 in November, and we went on, like, for my sweet 16, quote-unquote, um, we went on a trip to my cabin up in the Adirondacks, which is, like, actually my dad's favorite place in the whole world. Took a couple friends up there. But we didn't go until like December, even though my birthday was in November. Mm -hmm. And then I remember it was like we came home New Year's Eve. And then January 3rd was when he committed suicide. So it's very, mm -hmm. it feels very close to like mm -hmm. my 16th birthday. Mm -hmm. You know, not by, just within your normal organic community, you had a lot of people surrounding you in that time. Yeah. Um, which again, like God orchestrates what we need and, yeah. and what we don't know we need yet. And so I think you were saying that you're very, very, very ingrained in your church community and having mm -hmm. a supportive family. Um, I, it, not that it's about my feelings, but I feel very comforted to know that it doesn't sound like you were alone, Yeah. even though I'm sure emotionally at times it did feel that way, um, mm -hmm. but you were surrounded. Definitely, yeah. yeah. We, um, we definitely saw like the church is the body of Christ mm -hmm. and it was it was seen in a very tangible way mm -hmm. when my dad died like so many people it was almost overwhelming like how many people came around us whether it was dropping off meals or like I can remember one night we went through all these cards that we got in the mail mm -hmm. where people had given us and it was like we probably spent like two hours and we were all at the table like going through this huge stack of cards mm -hmm. and people like gave us like monetary gifts and like we were just blown away by the people that came around us like not just close friends or close um, family friends but like so many people in the church mm -hmm. came through but it was interesting as we talk about my brother like I found out later like him being in middle school I had a lot of friends that came around me in high school but as a middle schooler like Middle schoolers don't always really know how to deal mm. with so, a friend who's grieving, like they or anything. <laughs> a lot, yeah. most middle schoolers haven't lost someone close to them yet. So, mm. um, for him, like he felt, he was the one who felt very alone, and like he was he was shy to begin with, like in middle school. So he really only had like one friend, mm. and that friend didn't really know like how to approach it. Which like we don't blame him at all. Like mm -hmm. you're in middle school, you don't know how to. So anyway, he, like Jonathan, I remember him telling me, like, I only remember, he said, like, one person outside of the family reaching out to me to mm -hmm. ask me how I was doing. Mm -hmm.
Whereas I, at times, felt like suffocated in the best way possible mm -hmm. by how many people came around me. So it's just mm -hmm. interesting to like, we were part of the same church body. And like, obviously he saw people drop off meals and stuff like that. But as far as like peers or even like leaders in mm -hmm. his life, like only one person reached out to him mm -hmm. in the entirety wow. of those few months. So very different experiences, but mm -hmm. we definitely as a family, like saw the church come around us in huge ways mm -hmm. that we're very thankful for. So the actual, um, I guess the, that, that whole month after your dad had committed suicide, mm -hmm. what were you feeling after that? Was it anger? Was it sadness? I mean, what do you describe yeah. those maybe six months, a year, however long it yeah. was, mm -hmm. the immediate reaction for you? What was that like? Oh my goodness. So many things. Um, I remember like there was obviously so many different feelings. Like there was unbelief. There was um, like almost a forgetfulness at times. Like there would be these like reality checks. Like you're just sitting watching TV and you're like, oh my gosh, my dad died like mm -hmm. last week. Like, that's so, such a weird reality check. Yeah, I'm sure. Um, there's obviously a lot of sadness. There's, like, you're looking ahead and realizing, like, I graduate high school in two years. He won't be here. I go to college. I move away to college. He won't be here. Like, someday I hope to get married. He won't be here. Like, all these milestones you're realizing. Mm -hmm. And then you see your middle school brother, too, and you're like, he's not even going to be able to teach him how to drive. Like, all these milestones. So there's, like anger in that too like there's sadness that he won't be there but there's anger too and i think the nature of it being suicide it's it's so hard to not get angry at my dad because it like he did this to himself like mm -hmm. it's not like he got in a car accident or he like died of some kind of illness it's like he took an action and decided to leave our family mm -hmm. and that it is so hard to not get mad at him for that at times because like, as I discussed earlier, like, there was medications getting mixed up, there was mental health, like, we know there were so many factors in this that, like, he was just not thinking straight, mm -hmm. um, and not his truest self, but it's really hard to not get mad. There's, you know, seeing what my mom has to deal with, even in just little daily life, like, it just snowed mm -hmm. three, six inches, whatever, mm -hmm. um, like, Thankfully, my brother's home these days to help her. But, like, normally she's shoveling alone, like, stupid stuff like that. Mm -hmm. That's just, like... Even financially, too. I'm financially, mm -hmm. yeah. Mm -hmm. There's so many things um, that's, like, I just get angry that, like, he is not here for these things. Like, mm -hmm. he should be here helping with these things. Um, but then there's, like, hope, too. Like, strangely, just this over... Like, I remember during that time that I was so close to the Lord, and I was, like diving into his word like I never have before like I was so hungry and so there was so much hope and peace I think actually in that time there yes there was a lot of darkness and sadness but there was more like peace that I know can only come from God and there was mm -hmm. hope and there was like this community amazing community coming around us like we felt so loved and seen um I think it was it's like later as time goes on like the anger sets in more or like mm -hmm. now that I'm married like I see how wonderful it is to have that companion and I know my mom had that and now doesn't and mm -hmm. I, that 
like is frustrating you know mm-hmm. so it sounds like you're this is why grief is so complicated and why yeah. i'm so glad that you literally have a presentation on it <laughs> that i can read um but it's because you're not only grieving that that occasion it's yeah. the loss of all of these milestones it's the identity it's the campaign it's there's yeah. so many different layers and it's yeah. you know years down the line there's still moments that you say ah yeah and it's fresh in that moment and that's like grief is so 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 complicated in that way super complicated and I'm really I'm sorry go ahead okay um I'm really glad you're mentioning anger because that's something that I from my experience and from my experience watching people anger is typically not what people expect to be feeling when they're grieving and it's such Mm -hmm. a normal reaction quote unquote normal because there's no normal because every single person who's grieving is different but people expect just that, oh, why are they angry? Why aren't they crying? Why aren't they depressed? Why aren't they this? Yeah. They're just yelling at everyone all the time. And yeah. because that's just, that's, mm-hmm. I think, kind of a hidden symptom yeah. of grief that a lot of people don't notice. Yeah. A lot of people don't realize. Or you feel like you shouldn't be angry. Mm. Like, mm-hmm. I should just be sad that he's not here. I shouldn't be angry at him. Mm-hmm. But like, that doesn't help either to just mm-hmm. like deny certain feelings that And guilting yourself well. into feeling certain yeah. ways. And yeah. Yeah. And underlying yeah. anger is sadness. Anger is a secondary emotion. Mm-hmm. So underneath yeah. it is a layer of sadness. But I think, too, um, even as you're talking, a lot of it is it's chronic. It's something that happened. You can mm-hmm. never change it. Yeah. That happened. That's a part of your life. And every season of your life, you're going to have a different level of grief. Mm-hmm. Time apart, I mean, nine years now, that's totally different than... Yeah what it was two years than it will be in 20 years. Mm-hmm. And it's it's still a part of your life and it still shapes your life and who you are. And then when you have kids, you're gonna have the same things and think they're gonna come yeah. up again. And mm-hmm. I think for anybody in their life, their season, when they have something happen that they have to, that's a tragic moment or a tragic, mm-hmm. very tragic season, you have to learn how to live with it. Yeah. But also, Part of the reason even doing the podcast for us too is to share your story because even though it was it was only nine years ago, it was also nine years ago. Yeah. And so that's a long time. A lot mm-hmm. of people, the community that you had then is probably really different now. Mm-hmm. You don't maybe see those people anymore. Yeah. I'm sure with him not being around, you didn't see his friends or people that yeah. he knew. Like all of that changes. And so you're still dealing with this and the effects mm-hmm. of this nine years later and it's, yeah that is that's different but that's important for you to share that for people that are that would be listening that had this happen some somebody in their family something they lost somebody tragically 25 years ago and mm-hmm. they think the world forgot about this person mm-hmm. yeah. it's like no mm-hmm. they didn't forget it just you that immediate response of the church comes around you at the time and and always supports you but we don't need to be right there yeah at, you know it's mm-hmm. like you are grown and you know, to, versus let me drop off meals at your house. You know, yeah. if someone dropped off a meal at your house and was like, I'm really sorry that you're still grieving, 10 years later, you'd be like, what? You know, like, I'd be like, thank you, I actually hate cooking. So <laughs> thank you so much. Thank you. Same, yeah, right. But it's like, that would be, it. that just wouldn't happen. Yeah. And But it's not that the process and the person and the, the grief disappeared then because mm-hmm. that season is over. It's still happening. You're still working through it. And so... Yeah, it's interesting, like, where you are now compared to where you were. Yeah. 
And then another yeah. thing we were talking about, kind of the reason, and I'm, you like hit the nail on the head. You said it, and I was like, oh yes, like gold star. Um, <laughs> you said talking about it is helpful, and yeah. talking about yeah. it was really. And I think knowing you, like for example, if you weren't as open with you know sharing anniversaries and and things like that, and mm-hmm. like oh this was his birthday. I wouldn't have known anything about it and I would be walking alongside you in our, you know, I really only see you maybe once or twice a week, yeah. usually once. Mm-hmm. Um, I would be walking alongside you in our community not knowing about this history that you have. Mm-hmm. And so being able to talk and, and share the, you know, where we've all come from and what we've been through, I think makes us a stronger community. Um, yeah. And being able to say, just like you were saying, Mandy, the world's not going to forget about it. It's just figuring out how do we help each other get through these really, mm-hmm. really cruddy things and live mm-hmm. with them mm-hmm. it's mm-hmm. part of your story it's who you are mm-hmm. you will, it will never change you'll be 80 mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. this still will, will have occurred yeah. <laughs> in your life mm-hmm. and it's how do you talk about it how do you get you know work through it when those moments yeah. come when you're taking the trash out mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> and you're yeah. really frustrated and you're like i feel like i should be further along or i should be over this or i should mm-hmm. not be angry anymore all the shoulds yeah. yeah yeah and it's not helpful to be that way either but mm-hmm. I want to learn from you because you seem like you've done a lot of learning. It was kind of a crash course in grief when you were mm-hmm. 16, but also um, being able to share that information with other people. Um, so in <laughs> the most understandable terms possible for me, <laughs> I mean, I, we, we are therapeutic professionals, so we know a little bit about, you know, the human condition and, and yeah. different didn't... emotional content, but I have never done a deep dive into yeah. The grieving process and I know Mandy when you were in hospice um I'm sure you had all sorts of bereavement duties and things like that and mm-hmm. yeah had I mean, education but it's not an area that I'm really familiar with yeah I know so different for me working in hospice most of my people were 75 plus mm-hmm. years old they were I mean I had some in their 40s and 50s but very few um and people that were in their 40s and 50s didn't want to die you know they Mm. so it was a totally different level of grief but Mm. then you have other people which is really really interesting from a grief perspective i had patients that were over 100 and you would think oh they lived a great life they'd be great but their kids were 65 Mm. and they never lived a day without their parent you know and that's a whole other piece of grief Mm -hmm. they're like yeah i get that they were old reasonable to die at 103 but What do you do? Like, that was a whole thing. Like, what do I do? I've taken care of my mom for 20 years. You know, it's like, it's just like, so it's different than a tragic accident at 16 years old. Mm. Yeah. But, you know, with having like your experience, but you said you, I mean, from your perspective, your brother's Mm going to have a different story and your mom's going to have a different story. But from your perspective, what was one of the biggest pieces? Mm -hmm. If somebody said to you, this is, I totally forgot to say it's my phone. Anyway, <laughs> if someone said to you, what is the biggest takeaway of this whole experience as far as grief, what would you share with them? Yeah, I think um, I've, like, I've, I've, I've seen a lot of different approaches to grief, as in, like, how people come alongside someone who's grieving. Mm-hmm. That's what I think um, I've come out so passionate about through all of this because um, I before I lost someone I would not know how to come alongside one at all I would probably be one of those people that is afraid to say something wrong so just doesn't want to say anything at all um, and I found that that's actually like the most hurtful when you're grieving again everyone's different but for me like I had close friends that 
probably should have said something and didn't say anything to me. And there's grace there because, again, like I said, I would have been that same person. Mm -hmm. But, like, I remember them years later as the ones who didn't say anything. Mm -hmm. So I think um, the biggest thing I learned is, like, you don't have to have the right words, and you can literally say that. Those are probably the best words you can say is, like, I don't know what to say in this moment, but I'm here for you or I'm praying for you. Um, I think the biggest thing I learned, yeah, was just like don't shy away from reaching out and also like don't shy away from like physically being there with them. And um, even if that means sitting in silence and that's awkward for most people, um, it's worth it because that person will feel like there is someone physically with them, seeing their pain, validating their pain. Like validation is huge um, when someone's grieving. So like even just, I mean, like we talked about how I'm nine years out now, like even you you guys just asking me to come talk on this, like is validation of my pain. Like mm. someone who has never met my dad still sees that like, I have a story to share and like I've gone through a painful time in my life like that's validation is huge so like any way you can validate someone's pain and just let them know they're seen like you don't have to have the right words to say like anything well maybe not anything will be helpful but most anything will be helpful to <laughs> mm-hmm. say in that moment um, to let someone know that they're not alone so I think that was the biggest thing yeah yeah because you feel like all the cliches Yes. So sorry. How many times did you hear "so sorry for your loss"? Yeah. I want to. And what do you even say to like, that? Praying for you. Like, no. <laughs> oh, it's okay. Like, no, it's not okay that my dad committed to that. But I don't know what to say to you. You're saying I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. So many cliches. Oh. I'm praying for you. I think another cliche was like, "Let me know if there's anything I can do for you, oh. or let me know how I can help you." Mm. And I think because so many people said that, you don't know who really means it. Same with like, mm. "I'm praying for you." Like. Mm-hmm. So many people say that, but mm-hmm. are they all actually praying for me? Mm-hmm. I don't know. Right. Who mm-hmm. actually, like, when they say, is there anything I can do for you? Like, do you want my grocery list? Do you actually? <laughs> yeah, because right. I have something you can do for me, but <laughs> right. I don't know if you're honest with that or not. Yeah. Right. So and I think the people that just, like, found a need and did something, mm-hmm. like, that stood out more mm-hmm. than the yeah. cliches. I'm mm-hmm. thinking, too, let me know if there's anything you can do for you. Like, what do you even know what you need you've never gone through it before so okay I don't Mm -hmm. I have no idea what to even ask you yeah so yeah Mm -hmm. even yeah because I would have people that I knew they were genuine like we're close enough friends I know they're being genuine but like I don't know what Mm -hmm. I need especially like 16 like I don't have a grocery list like I don't know what I need and I think Mm -hmm. what I needed most a lot of times was someone to just sit with me or like friends to come over and play just dance with me to Mm -hmm. like distract Mm -hmm. like but I don't know how to articulate that. And I think mm-hmm. that's important. Like just seeing a way that you can help. Someone came over the day after my dad died with their brand new puppy. And like that brought so much joy. Uh-huh. Like mm-hmm. if you can think of some, it doesn't have to be big. Like I remember talking to a friend who had lost her dad and she said some of the most encouraging things was like, she was in college at the time. So it's like someone would drop off coffee or her mm-hmm. favorite snack. Like mm-hmm. that was huge. Cause someone saw her pain and wanted to like, give her a little bit of joy. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's so many easy ways to do that too. Yeah. Like I'm thinking of specifically, uh, my sister lost someone very suddenly um, mm-hmm. and like she was in North Carolina. I'm like, how the heck am I going to be there for her 
after the fact, you know, yeah. to let her know that I'm thinking you can text someone, but like I would send her like a little letter or like mm-hmm. I found this yeah. little like box on Etsy that I sent to her. I was like, hey, just oh. thinking of you. And, it, you know, there are so many easy ways for people to do that. I think mm-hmm. this is a really awesome like tip because people overthink it. I overthink. Like mm-hmm. I won't say something to someone if I'm like, what are they, what if they don't want to talk about it? What if they're, yeah. mm-hmm. you know, in a spot where they, yeah. they don't want to have a conversation? What if they think I'm being weird for asking about their personal life and yeah. things like that? So just being able to say, I'm not really sure what to say right now, but I just want to let you know that I'm thinking of you and yeah. I'm, mm-hmm. you know, let the conversation go from there and just be transparent yeah. with mm-hmm. being lost as to what's best, mm-hmm. you know. One place that I struggle with, with walking along people grieving, maybe mm-hmm. you can answer this, yeah. is I've had people that have lost someone close to them suddenly or from mm-hmm. whatever, various reasons. And one of the things that I've made a meal, or my mom has made a meal. <laughs> I've like taken it to them. I also don't cook. And I've made a meal. So, I go to the taco. Yeah, she's like, I love to cook all this. So she makes a meal, and I take it to them, but they don't. They're not eating. And it's mm-hmm. like, oh, did you like? Did you feed? Did you eat? Like, you know, are you hungry? And no, 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 I'm, I can't eat right now. You know. And so mm-hmm. then it goes to waste. So I think, even after I had Reagan, people, are, it, people. Like my mom and I made all this frozen food and we had all this food. <laughs> and then it's like, we have so much food that the food went bad. Mm-hmm. So it's even, don't go to that. Yes, help people, but like, what yeah. are those little things? Grabbing a coffee, mm-hmm. grabbing, yeah. you know, cutting someone's grass, you know, I'm sure yeah. it's winter time for you guys, but if the grass is growing yeah. and, you know, dad did that, okay, mm-hmm. let me do this for you. Or things that are not your typical thought process. Let me mm-hmm. get you a meal, get a card or flowers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> That's all great. But eventually you've got tons of flowers everywhere. You've got, you know, meals everywhere and, mm-hmm. and you're not hungry or, I mean, people are different. Some people grieve and they're just eat a ton, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, it, it really depends. But that's like my struggle is how to know mm-hmm. what to do with somebody, but also, um, not knowing what to say, but then when they retract, I've had people lose people mm. and they don't, they don't want to see you. They don't want to talk to you. They don't, yeah. and you're an extrovert. So I don't know if that's different for you yeah. where maybe your brother was a different way too. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I don't know, but from my experience, seeing people that have lost somebody and they isolate themselves yeah. further. Yeah. And then it's like, how, what do you say mm-hmm. or how much do you know to help that person without overstepping their grief and yeah. the fact that they might need to be alone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that is a hard one. Everyone's so different. I mean, like my brother is an introvert, which also doesn't mean that he speaks for every introvert. Every introvert is going to be different too. But I know for him, like, uh, like I said, he felt like he was so alone in that time. Like he didn't have someone like reaching out to him. Like he remembers this one one time a youth leader asked him like, hey, how are you doing with everything? And Jonathan will still tell you to this day that like this is totally on him for not being honest, but he mm-hmm. told the guy like, I'm okay, like just kind of brushed it off. And that is like one of his biggest regrets from that time that he didn't open up and that youth leader never asked again. Mm-hmm. And like Jonathan told me, he was like, obviously that's totally on me. I should have opened up, but if he had asked me just one more time, mm-hmm. I would have opened up and I would have had someone to talk to and I didn't have anyone to talk to. Mm. Um, so I think there is a layer of like, it's so hard to navigate. Like, do I push? Do I ask how they're doing? Do I not say anything? Give them space? Um, I think a good rule of thumb that I learned is like, 
think about what level you're on friendship wise with that person like how close are you before this happening like are you the closeness that like you would ask how are you how are you really doing mm-hmm. or are you more on a, on acquaintance level because maybe if you're acquaintance level like hopefully there's someone else that's doing that for that person and you don't need to be the one to push and dig mm-hmm. but if you are like their closest friend and you know like that they need to talk about it like maybe it is your place to push a little bit more but also recognizing like what is this person usually like like i'm a verbal processor so i have to talk things out mm-hmm. and jake knows that so like he knows to push me like and i do this stupid game where i'm like i'm fine i don't want to talk about it <laughs> and then he asks three more times and i'm like okay i'm actually really mad at you um but like he is an internal processor so i know like if i am bugging him like it's not going to help the situation at all like mm-hmm. he needs to take time to think about it and then we'll come back and discuss Um, so I think knowing your level of relationship with that person, mm-hmm. like approach it at that level. If you're just an acquaintance, think about what maybe an acquaintance would do. Maybe like, don't show up at their house at two o'clock in the morning and say, let's rage. Yeah. <laughs> like, no, yeah. wait. Yeah. Like maybe that's just drop off a meal or send a text like I am praying for you actually and I'm thinking yeah. of you. And, but if you are close, like maybe it's just like, how are you really doing? Mm-hmm. You don't have to tell me if you're not ready to talk about it, but mm-hmm. know that I want to know how you're doing. Mm-hmm. And, like, and knowing I, that level, yeah, an acquaintance, you're not going to become their best friend mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. because mm-hmm. of this, yeah. this moment. That's a good point. Um, a lot of people go into hero mode. Yeah, hero. Yeah, mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, I'd say. Yeah, and knowing where you are there. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you are a close friend, I think taking off the burden of feeling like you have to be like the savior in this moment, like that you have to fix the issue, like which you're never gonna do. Like you can't bring back someone to life. So if someone's just lost someone they love, like nothing you will do will fix that. Um, you can help bring little bits of like happiness and joy and encouragement, but like ultimately it's not your role to like heal the brokenhearted, like that is God's role. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I think there's also a layer of like, you should be able to take that burden off and know, like I can drop off a coffee and they might cry the whole time Mm -hmm. and that's okay. Mm -hmm. Like, and we can just sit in silence, but like, I don't need to like, don't come in with any expectations, expectations, that's not a word, expectations of like just snapping someone out of their grief. Like that's Mm -hmm. not how grief works. So I think, and not being afraid to be in that uncomfortable yeah if they're so, crying mm-hmm. let them cry and yeah. holding space you don't need can... to have the perfect weird words weirds words <laughs> the per- <laughs> like rubbed off on me i think our batteries so weird, are dying like, osmosis thing <laughs> weird you can think of the word osmosis <laughs> you just thought of the word osmosis but can't think of the word words <laughs> My expectation is false sentences. Yes. <laughs> Don't expect to have the perfect words. Mm. Yeah. You won't fix it. Yeah. You can't. Sometimes you, you can't. You yeah. can't. Like you said, you can't bring a person back to life. Yeah. It is what it is. And it's just being there. And I think for Christians too, like we often feel the need to like send a verse, mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. verses can be really encouraging. Like I got a lot of verses sent to me that were super encouraging. But... I think like from Christian to Christian, like I don't need to be reminded 
that he's in a better place because I know that, but I want him here right now. So Mm. like, yes, that's a truth and that will be encouraging at some point, but like right in the midst of grief, like I don't need to be told he's in a better place. And we so want to do that because we feel like that should be like, that should be an encouragement. Like Mm. this should help this person feel better knowing they're in a better place. But like just in the rawness of grief, like that's, it's like, I know he's in a better place, but I want him here. Like in my mind, here is a better place for him. Yeah. Um, so I think, yeah, feeling like we don't, it's okay to not have the words. You don't have to send a verse. Yeah. You don't have to remind anyone of truth. Like you can just sit in the uncomfortable and be okay if that person is angry at God. Like mm-hmm. that can be uncomfortable too. Like, cause you want to defend God and like, you don't have to. And I think, um, we see Jesus do that, like when Lazarus dies, um, Mary and Martha, right? Mm-hmm. It's Mary and Martha. They're like, why, why didn't you come sooner? Like, why did you let this happen? And like, he doesn't defend himself as mm-hmm. God. Like, he is God mm-hmm. and he doesn't defend himself. So like, we shouldn't feel the need to defend God either when someone is like, why would God let this happen? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, we don't have to have answers. We don't have to defend God. So Brene Brown has this, has a bunch of talks on all of this, but she has a talk that someone made this really cute little like animal graphic to where it's like empathy is, no, sympathy is someone looking down into the hole that you're in and going, ha, it's dark down there, isn't it? And then empathy is building a ladder, climbing down, sitting and saying, I don't know what to do, but I'm here with you. Mm-hmm. And like that kind of throwing a verse down to the hole, like at least you still have Jesus. Yeah. It can probably be so frustrating. Yeah. I don't know why I sounded like grandma right now, but. <laughs> Southern grandma. Yeah, right. At least you still got Jesus, um, which you know that to be a fact. Yeah. And you're right. You know that to be truth, but it's not always the most helpful. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of assuming that your interpretation of that verse too is going to be the same that that person intended your interpretation interpretation to be yeah if that makes sense it's like well this yeah. is really helpful for me so here it is mm-hmm. right and this is what take... helped me so this will obviously yeah. help you yeah mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. that's true I like that that imagery mm-hmm. I think there is mm-hmm. definitely a difference between just kind of dropping <laughs> same with like I'm praying for you right, right. <laughs> but like no, I'm not actually <laughs> I've never prayed for you and probably never will like, <laughs> like I don't even believe in Jesus <laughs> I'm right? praying for you yeah. <sighs> Let's not even get started on that. You you can, like, kind of, I mean, at least I could, like, just totally tell when someone was was genuine and when someone was just, like, adding to the noise. Mm -hmm. I feel like. Because they feel like they should. There's not a lot of shoulds in this conversation. Which is understandable. Like, Like, I have also been that person that I'm like, "Ah, am I seriously writing? I'm so sorry for your loss. But I literally (laughs) can't think of anything else Mm -hmm. to write. Like, it's it's a cliche for a reason. Like, it's, like, the Mm -hmm. Mm go-to. Like, I'm praying for you. It's so hard to think of, especially when people, like, post on Instagram or something. It's mm. like, I can't not comment, but I can't think of anything besides, I'm so sorry for your loss or I'm praying for you. Mm-hmm. Right. But I think you can really tell when someone's genuine. I think also, um, when I had made my whole presentation about grief mm-hmm. in college, I interviewed with a bunch of people I knew that had lost someone they loved. And something one of my friends said who lost his brother that stuck out to me, um, he said... Uh, it always meant a lot to me when someone would like text me or write out like a prayer, Mm. something I could like actually read and see their prayers about me. Mm. Um, And even more so in a 
a card or a letter like you mentioned earlier mm -hmm. like texts disappear but like to always be able to save a card or a letter with like a written prayer in it is like that's a great idea mm -hmm. and that's something i mean if you're actually going to pray with for them anyway like um, why not write it out and send it to them like mm -hmm. i've gotten a few of those too that like it's really encouraging mm -hmm. but yeah it's very it's definitely hard to navigate especially also i think it's hard when like a f if like a friend of mine has lost someone who's not a christian like mm -hmm. i find mm -hmm. it so hard to figure out how to navigate that because i know that jesus was the only reason i got through my grief and i have no idea how people get through it without jesus mm -hmm. so it's really hard for me to figure out how to be of any encouragement to them besides just like honestly praying for them mm -hmm. and i think and for me too not knowing if the person who died was a, a christian yeah yeah, it's, that's a hard one to navigate too because I don't want to lie to you and say, "Oh, they're in a better place," mm -hmm. when they didn't even believe in Jesus. Yeah, mm -hmm. I mean that's a whole other level yeah. of complexity really within, with grief. But I know even, I mean, I haven't like because you know we people know like I've lost my marriage, yeah. which was part of it. So there's mm -hmm. grief in the, in there. It's a different type because he's still alive, but. It's still a loss, and yeah. I, I can agree with so much of what you're saying. People, mm -hmm. there's so many people that just say, "Oh, you're you're so you're so strong, you're so great, you're so wonderful." But it's like when you do something for someone, mm -hmm. that's totally different. And also, um, for me, like I didn't want people to feel bad for me. It was mm. I didn't don't make me the victim. Mm -hmm. I I don't want to be the victim. It's like this happened to you. I'm so sorry, and it's just like they like put this pouty face on mm. and look at you mm -hmm. like they're just so sorry <laughs> like okay that's too much you know don't be yeah. fake about it it's, yeah this is the reality of what happened you're like you went through this with your dad and you can be sad of course you can mm -hmm. be sad yeah but also don't project your emotions in the situation yeah. on that's how they are feeling mm. when yeah even people that knew your dad I mean it, that's the complexity of it is because you were his daughter, your, Jonathan was his son, and mm -hmm. then your mom was his wife. Each of you have a different experience, but also everybody that knew him. Pastor Joe yeah. had a different experience. Yeah. And, every, and now Jake never met him, and he yeah. has a different mm -hmm. experience. It's yeah. a ripple effect on everybody, and everybody is so different. Yeah. It. Mm -hmm. so. It's interesting talking to like some of my best friends from high school that are I'm still friends with today but like they knew my dad they were with me through it all like hearing like talking with them years later about what their experience was because in the moment like they're not really talking to me about it because I'm the one like I'm kind of the like I'm the one who lost my dad you know like they didn't lose their dad mm -hmm. but like they grieved too like mm -hmm. they knew my dad my dad was this fun goofy like my parents were always the ones that, like, my friends all loved. Mm -hmm. So, like, they lost someone they loved, too, in a sense. So it's interesting, like, talking with them years later of, mm -hmm. like, just what that experience was like for them. But, yeah, friends from college that I've never even met of my dad's, you know, like, they grieved. Yeah, it's a very, very complex thing. Mm -hmm. It hits everybody yeah. in different ways. So what would you say was the worst things? people did <laughs> like oh, to gosh. stay away from do not do this mm. or made that's it worse. a great question or yeah you said one of the things was nothing <laughs> yeah don't do mm. nothing for me that was the worst like 
the people who said nothing. Went radio silent. And like I said, I have grace for them. Like, I don't blame them. I probably would have done the same thing. But it did stand out to me. Like, mm -hmm. I'm talking, like, close friends that, like, because it feels then like nothing happened. It feels like life just went on as usual, even though I was out of school for a month and I didn't hear from you at all. Now we're back in school together and it's like nothing happened. And like, that's hurtful to like, not be able to like, cause you don't feel that validation. Like I talked about earlier, like you don't feel like that person sees your pain or sees the grief that you just went through and will continue to go through. And so that also is like, like maybe that friend would have been open to me talking with her about what I went through, but I had no idea because she never said anything to me. So like, there's also a level of like, I don't want to make someone uncomfortable either mm -hmm. by dropping this bomb on them. So if they never said anything to me, I feel like they're not comfortable talking about my grief. So like, I never went to that friend to like, for any kind of, I don't know what, what word I'm looking for, but like support or support. Yeah. Anything. Yeah. So I, I don't hold it against her. It's just, that was definitely something that stood out to me and for my brother too. Like he had no one really reach out and that was like a huge heartache for him. Mm. Um, so I think not reaching out was the biggest for me. But when I, um, did that grief presentation, I keep talking about, and I interviewed a bunch of people, I got a lot of different answers on do's and don'ts. And I think, um, overall, I hope the don'ts sound like they should be a relief. Like you mm -hmm. don't have to do this. Like, um, like the feeling like you have to have the perfect words. And if you don't not reaching out at all, that's huge. But I think also like when people say, uh, like, I totally understand what you're going through. <laughs> like, like I, I talked to my one friend at the time who lost his brother. Um, he remembers someone coming to him who had lost a grandmother and said, I know exactly what you're going through. And it's like, you have to recognize in that moment, like that could have been so hard for that person losing their grandmother, but maybe my friend isn't close with his grandmother. And so that doesn't mean anything to him. Mm -hmm. Like mm -hmm. the fact that you lost your grandmother is nowhere close to losing a brother. Whereas maybe for that other person, losing a brother doesn't really, you know what I mean? Like mm -hmm. you just can't put it on levels. And so I think even recognizing, like you mentioned, like um, someone who's going through a divorce, like in talking with my mom about grief, like someone she knows and loves was going through a divorce and she had to come to this recognition of like, I will never understand what that's like, mm -hmm. but I've also gone through grief. And so I can offer that comfort of grief, but I will never assume to understand what that's mm -hmm. like. Mm -hmm. like losing a husband to suicide and losing a husband to divorce very different grief mm -hmm. like mm -hmm. still some similarities of like yeah, losing totally that companionship yeah. but like you'll never mm -hmm. fully understand what the other person went through so i think never entering those conversations with like i totally understand what you're mm -hmm. going through even someone like if i meet someone who's i think i mentioned this earlier whose dad committed suicide i will never assume that i understand mm -hmm. what they went through mm -hmm. um because and everyone's different. Yeah, I definitely have a passion for this stuff. I just never know where it can be mm. applied. Like, mm. it's such a hard topic. <laughs> yeah, and I never also never want to assume like I'm this mm -hmm. grief expert. Yeah. Like, because right. like, I'm not a stranger, I'm but I know things. Stuff. <laughs> it really is. Yeah, <laughs> but at but, the same time, like that's real. I mean, mm. to lose your parent at that age in that 
as a female, like as a teen girl, that's mm-hmm. a whole other level mm-hmm. as those are hard years in general. And then you add mm-hmm. something like that that's tragic and sudden and 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 the fact that it was suicide versus a car accident yeah. and you know, like there's just so many pieces to it that are different that will play into it. And so your knowledge and your experience is real and it's it's not something to be taken lightly of, oh, it's, you know, everybody is different, yes, but this is what I've learned. And, mm-hmm. you know, people people can learn from that because the world hates grief, the world hates death, yeah. and people are afraid of it. They're afraid to talk about it. They're mm-hmm. afraid to step into it. Mm-hmm. Funerals are awkward, mm-hmm. usually creepy old funeral homes. <laughs> you know, it's, yeah. And then even that point, too, when the funeral is over, that's when I feel like the grief hits people. I don't mm-hmm. know if that was your experience mm-hmm. because it's – it's so shock. There's so much shock at first, and there's yeah. so many things, planning, flowers, mm-hmm. time, church, pastor, yeah. what's going to be said, where are they going to be buried, I mean, all the details. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure it was probably a huge piece with a sudden death, too. Mm-hmm. Well, that and um, a couple months, like, I think it's, like, six weeks after is when, mm-hmm. like, everybody else continues on with their life, and they yeah. start yeah. forgetting to mm-hmm. keep checking in. And it's yeah. like, so now I've gone through this really high-octane kind of short really intense period where yeah. I'm surrounded literally and figuratively and then all of a sudden people are like okay I gotta go back to work on Monday mm-hmm. yeah and you're still sitting there in the middle of that circus mm-hmm. I remember feeling like how can people be even like posting on Facebook right now at a time like this like mm-hmm. as if everyone's in my shoes but like <laughs> how is the world just spinning mm-hmm. when my world is crashing down mm-hmm. and it is like like you mentioned being in shock like that those first, I don't even know how long it was that the shot glass, but it like, you're in this, like, everything is just a blur around you. Like you're blacked out almost. Yes. I remember feeling like I was just observing the world happening around me, but I wasn't really in it. Hmm. And like, it was a very weird, vivid feeling. But once that wears off, it's like reality sets in then of like, Kind of like when uh, when they say like when someone gets a really bad injury and they're in shock, mm. they almost don't fully feel mm-hmm. the pain they're mm-hmm. in, and then it wears off, and you feel the pain fully. Mm-hmm. I think that's that also coincides with usually like the funeral's over, mm-hmm. everyone's kind of moving on, like the meals start to trickle out, mm-hmm. like less and less people send cards, and there's like something in that that adds to the pain too. Some people need that space. I was not that kind of person. I actually like oddly looked forward to my dad's funeral because I would get to see people like Mm -hmm. I couldn't wait to get back to school because I wasn't seeing people like Mm -hmm. so there was this time I remember that shift of like oh people are like moving on and now like even like on the year anniversary of my dad's death like less and less people Mm -hmm. will Mm -hmm. reach out and it's like very obvious and so this is just a small tidbit of something I like to do if I find out that someone has lost a loved one I'll put the date in my calendar and mm-hmm. I'll just have it repeat annually. So like mm-hmm. I, it's always on my radar, like so-and-so's brother died this day. So like, I'm going to be praying for them and reach out to them. Mm-hmm. And that's, that goes a long way. Like mm-hmm. just knowing that someone remembered the day, it feels like it was just last year. And yet it feels like it was 20 years ago. Mm-hmm. Like it is just, it's a really odd feeling. Mm-hmm. And yet like there hasn't been, a single day that goes by that I don't think about him, mm-hmm. which is also just strange to like wrap your head around. Like there aren't many people you think of every single day mm-hmm. for 10 years, especially someone who's not actually here anymore. I don't know. It's very strange. 
it's a very strange feeling. And I remember five years feeling the same way, like those mile markers, like five, mm-hmm. 10. Mm-hmm. What's really strange is in six years, that'll be 16 years since he died. Like that mm-hmm. means I had him for 16 years and I've been without him 16 years. That will be weird. I've been thinking a lot about that lately. Mm-hmm. Like once I'm past that 16 year mark, I've now lived Longer less with life him. with him than I have. Wait, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah, less life with him than I have without him. Just super strange. Mm-hmm. It's just another layer of processing to add yeah. on to all of that. It'll never yeah. end. It's, mm-hmm. There's like always something. Yeah, it's chronic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's a chronic illness. It's a chronic event that yeah. alters your life mm-hmm. forever. You just heard an amazing story from our good friend Katie. Uh, she was our first interview, which seems like yesterday and six years ago all at once, actually. Yes. But Katie, um, was the first person that we thought about when we had this project going and our first interview. I think if you've listened throughout this season, you can kind of tell our style changed a little bit. We're figuring things out. We realized that if you let the two of us talk with another person, we could talk for about three or four hours. And I don't know that anyone wants to listen to an episode that long. So uh, we cut this episode a little bit short because we honestly continued talking and there wasn't really a clear end point because the conversation just kept on going. Um, and so we, uh, were really excited to hear about her experience with, with grief and how she and her family handled everything that happened. Um, I know I learned a lot about what not to do mm-hmm. when someone's grieving. That's the biggest takeaway for me, honestly. Um, and do you have any Absolutely. big points that really jumped out at you from Katie's conversation? A lot of things. We were able to just talk to her. When we talked about the podcast, you said this, she was one of the first people that we thought of to interview and talk with. Um, So we were just getting started, didn't really know how to navigate a conversation. (laughs) We're still learning that, honestly, but (laughs) we don't um, know how to people. At the end of her, at the end of the podcast, we usually ask our guests their favorite songs. Mm -hmm. And we did have hers recorded, but it somehow got lost in the editing. So we just wanted to let you know as our listeners that she did pick a song that she chose um, the song called the, the Great I Am. And the specific version is on our Spotify playlist. If you go on and check it out, listen to it. Great version of it. Um, and she said she just picked that song because it reminded her, her of her dad. And um, she had let us know that every time she hears that song, she just envisions entering um, the worship of our God that we serve and um, just being able to worship together with her mm-hmm. dad again someday. Such a beautiful image. Beautiful image and that's very, um, I've actually personally um, been on the stage when our worship team had led that song and sang that song and I've I've seen Katie out in the congregation worshiping to it and um, I had tears running down my eyes when that happened the last mm-hmm. time because it was just so beautiful. Her and her mom actually were next to each other just worshiping and just knowing what they'd been through. It's just really pretty. So great song. It's on our playlist for you to listen to. The version that she uh, shared with us as well was the Jared Anderson version. And she said that uh, in her college, it, they would do a beautiful thing in the chorus. And this is why I would love for you to go and listen to that song in the playlist, because you might think you know the best version, but it's this one. <laughs> um, they do something really, really beautiful um, towards the ending that just makes it very powerful. Um, really, really grateful for her sharing that particular song, her message, and just everything. It was a really great conversation. Yeah, we love talking to her. Really glad that she's able to share her story. And we hope that you all have a great week. Join us next time as we wrap up here, season one. And we'll talk to you soon. 
Until next time, we love you. Bye.